We are in our last chapter of the book of Revelation and the last few verses of the book of Revelation. And yes, the humble side of me is coming out because I get to preach the good news. Hallelujah. I take the prophet mantle and just say it, lay it here, and I'll put the good shepherd mantle on. Chapters 1 through 3, the vision of Christ in the midst of his churches. Chapter 4, vision of God on the throne. Chapter 5, vision of Christ and his rightful claim to creation. Chapter 6, the beginning of the tribulation and the rapture of the church. That was awesome. Chapter 7, the 144,000 of the 12 tribes of Israel were sealed to go through the tribulation. And the raptured church before the throne we see there. Chapter 8, the seventh seal, the angelic host, prayers of the saints. Chapter 9, the angelic host, the seven trumpets, and the three woes. Woo, God doesn't mess around. I mean, we just love to think of him as a big powder puff up in, up in the sky, but he's, he's God. He's almighty God, and he's a God of justice. Chapter 10, the mighty angel, the little book, and John's mission. Chapter 11, the two witnesses and the seventh trumpet. 12, Israel, the overcomer and the divine protection of God. Chapter 13, the beast, the beast system and the mark of the beast. Chapter 14, the end of the age. Uh, chapter 15, uh, the prophetic, uh, prophetic worship, the open heaven and the wrath of God, all simultaneously happening. Hallelujah. Chapter 16, seven bowls of wrath. Chapter 17, war against the Lamb. And uh, chapter 18, the fall of Babylon the Great and the Great Harvest. All through the, all through the book of Revelation, there's harvest, people getting saved. The, the blinders coming off. Hallelujah. Chapter 19, return of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Uh, 20, uh, we, we learned about the thousand-year reign, and also in chapter 20, Satan's final rebellion. Chapter 21, the new heaven and the new earth. And chapter 22, the throne of God, the river of God last week, and the tree of life. And chapter 22 again, we're going to finish it up. Can you believe we are at the end of the book of Revelation? Hallelujah. It's been so good. The, the Lord's final admonition to the end times church, Revelation 22, starting there in verse 12. Behold, Jesus says, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to eat of the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs, listen to this, sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, what? Come. Come to who? Come 
to what? Come to him, come into his kingdom. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Somebody say amen. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, John responds, even so, that's what we should respond when God gives us a promise. Even so, Lord Jesus, let it be the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you, Father, for your good promises to us. They are sure and steadfast, and we plant ourselves firmly upon them, and we rejoice in what they will produce, all for your glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, amen, amen. So we're talking tonight about the Lord's final admonition, and this is it, to his end-time church. And it's easy to pick up on so many good things that he says, and so many really tough things that he says here as well. But I just want to look at just a few of those things, and then I want to pray with you. First of all, in the Lord's final admonition to the end times church, he says this, that he is returning soon, and he is bringing his reward. Now, that is a good thing. That is God's assurance to us, that no matter how harsh it might seem, I think of some great Christians who have uh, endured so much hardship. We haven't really endured hardly anything in this nation at all yet. But there have been nations where Christians were so persecuted, so isolated, imprisoned, um, beaten, uh, you name it, just terrible things happening, but they didn't lose their faith. Many of them did not. And this is the consolation of a person in that place in their life being persecuted greatly for the cause of Christ. Jesus says, I am coming quickly for you. I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. Did you know the Bible says that those who accept martyrdom, let's say, for instance, there's, you know, there's Christians in in China, I know there's Christians in um, the Arab nations and the Muslim nations in North Korea as well that have been imprisoned and been martyred really for their faith and the cause of Christ. The Bible says that they shall obtain a greater resurrection. I don't know what that means. I just know that it's going to be pretty powerful. To obtain the resurrection is a very, very powerful thing. All of us who are in Christ have have received resurrection power, and our bodies will be 
resurrected from the dead. The Bible says when Jesus returns. But a greater resurrection, a I don't even know how it how it happens that way, but this is part of his reward. There is an urgency, however, in the voice of the Lord here for his end-time church. There is an urgency for us to expect his return at any moment. We should live this way with expectancy. It should keep us from sin and cause and, and be a catalyst for us to do what's right every day. It should be, is this the day? It doesn't always happen in my mind that way, but I live with the constant urgency that, yes, this could be my last day. It could be the day that the Lord returns. But if not, I'm going to live for him. I'm going to live for eternity, and I'm going to honor God. But there should be an urgency, and an urgency to do what? To do good works. Jesus said that that, uh, do good works. Let them be seen before men that they that they might honor your heavenly Father, the good works that you do. Your good works represent who the Father is. And those good works certainly are loving your neighbor, loving your brother and sister, serving, obeying, sharing, winning souls, absolutely. But also being very, very faithful, being diligent, building what he is building, loving those who are unlovable even. And, and doing the will of God. Faith without works is what? Dead. It has no profit. It's empty. It has no life. But when you, when you, you know you're saved, we're not saved by our works. We're saved unto good works in Christ Jesus. Everybody understand that? Does that make sense? And so the Lord is returning. And he's doing it soon. I don't know when, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of prophecies being fulfilled right now. So, what is it? What are we looking for? We are looking for his return. And by the way, listen, it's going to be so easy in these last days to live for God because he wants us to live out of the resource and power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the glory of God will shine upon us. So don't worry if you're going to have enough faith. His grace is sufficient. He told me this this at the beginning of this month. When he says, when the Lord says that he is returning soon and he's bringing his reward with him, well, the fact is, is his reward is always with him. He's going to bring it in greater measure when he returns. We just read all the way through the book of Revelation, and we see how he evicted the devil from the earth, and the whole earth now belongs to him, and he created a new cosmos and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. And now he's set up his kingdom forever in this place uh, that we love so dearly. This is our home. Earth is a creation of God. And so he is bringing his reward with him. His reward is always with him, and he's rewarding us now. And so in August, at the beginning of August, the Lord just out of nowhere, I'm just praying in the morning as I normally do and just reading scripture, and and he, he just comes to me in the morning. I can't explain it. And he, he told me, he said that 
I am rewarding the righteous right now. I am rewarding the faithful right now. I am rewarding them. I am pouring it out right now. And I thought to myself, oh, Lord, that is so good. And he began to talk to me about the good things that he wants to do. Good things. Everybody say good things. Good things. And so and for days, I'm just thanking him, and I'm starting to see him stacking. He's just stacking them up, stacking them up. I want you to expect it, too. He may start with a small thing here, but I want you to thank him for the good things. His reward is with him. His reward is with him. Wherever he is, that's where his reward is. And if he lives in you, he is rewarding you. Somebody say amen. The reward is with him. And they'll start stacking up. And when you acknowledge them, it's almost like, thank you, Lord. And then he'll just smile and give you one another one. He'll give you more and more. Thank him for every good thing that is happening in your life. And rebuke the devil for every bad thing that he's trying to attempt to bring into your life. And, and continue to worship and praise God all throughout the day, all throughout the day. And watch what happens. He is doing it. He is rewarding the righteous, the faithful, the humble. <clears throat> he is rewarding those who have served him and who are serving him. And he gave me the scripture in Hebrews, and it's so good. It remind I, I was sharing it with our staff today, and I was just building them up and encouraging them in what the Lord is saying in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name. He is not unrighteous. And, and when the Lord began to speak that to me, I'm just, I'm weeping by now. This was not in staff. This was days ago. I'm weeping by now. Because sometimes when you work for God and you're doing the will of God, whether it's in your secular job or whether it's as a, a minister of the gospel, uh, you're, you're always serving. You're always serving either your family, you're serving others, always serving others. And God is taking, he is taking scrutinizing notice of that. He is in every detail of what you're doing. He is seeing and he has taken note over years, some of us decades, decades of serving him. <clears throat> we have laid up in heaven a testimony of God's grace through good works. And the Lord is not unrighteous to forget all that you've done for him, for your family, for your children, for your grandchildren, all the prayers that you've prayed, all the good works that you've done, <clears throat> all of the heartfelt words of encouragement that, that you have brought to others. He is not unjust to forget those things. We may forget them, but God doesn't forget them. And he wants you to know that he is remembering all that you've done. And he is rewarding you. And that reward is coming upon you and overtaking you. Somebody say amen. Say, Pastor Randy, I don't feel like I've done a whole lot. Well, whatever you've done, he's going to reward. Hallelujah. And just start doing it. Somebody say amen.
the goodness of God leads us to repentance. And all repentance is, is just changing your mind, changing your heart, and start doing what's right in every area of your life. Hallelujah. This is how God works. This is what he's doing. This is what he wants you to know tonight. And if you feel like you're adrift or alone or away from God, you're not. He loves you. He cares. And he wants to reward you. I mean, just one simple prayer he wants to reward. He is so near to you right now, he will just immediately respond and answer. Somebody say amen. This is the goodness of God. And this is how he works. See, the devil wants you to think that God is just some stubborn old man up in heaven, doesn't want to do any good thing for you, you know, you sinner. That's what, he'll, that's what the devil will say. But that is not what God says. And that's not what he does. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Somebody say amen. <clears throat> Let me finish that scripture. For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love which you have shown toward his name. His name is Jesus. And see, this is, this is the key to the end-time church. We have to understand that God is going to reward your faithfulness. His name is above every name. I love the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus. I command through the name of Jesus. And listen, every principality and power trembles at the name of Jesus and must obey the name of Jesus when we speak commands in his name. He is rewarding you. He's not forgetful of those things that you have, the, the love and labor that you've shown toward his name in that you have ministered to whom? The saints. See, this is where I have to get off the grid with these people who couldn't care less about the church, couldn't care less. Of, you know, they say they love Jesus but they don't care about the church. They don't, you, know, you couldn't get them planted in a house of God for a year. They, 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 the only thing that people care about a lot of times, they, they, they don't care about the saints. They, they, it's a consumer mentality today when it comes to the church. What have you done for me lately? What are you doing for Jesus? What are you doing for him? And who are you networking with to get it done and build his church? I'm not talking about building your ministry, building whatever you're building. He's building his church. But ministering to the saints is important to Jesus. It is his body. It is his bride. It is what he is building. And you and I are a part of that. Just you being here sends a signal to heaven and shock waves in hell. And let me tell you something, the devil will come at you when you start determining to be a, be a part of the church of the living God. I will tell you that, but you have to be bigger than that. You got to crush down. Everybody say crush down. He's under your feet and all principalities are under your feet as well because you're seated with Christ. But ministering to the saints, the Lord just started ministering to me about all all the, all the things. He said, Randy, I've seen every message you've preached. I've heard everything. I've felt every, 
feeling you've had and known every prayer, and I am rewarding you now. And you're going to see it. All of you are going to be the benefactors of it. This isn't just, this isn't for me. I'm not praying for myself. God is taking care of me. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. This isn't about me. It's about you. It's about this community. It's about what he wants to do on these 14 acres. It's about planting churches and sending missionaries. It's about doing the will of God and raising up leaders. Somebody say amen. He is rewarding. And I just teared up. I just, oh, Lord, yes. Let it be so. Everybody say amen. Because this is what he's doing. This is the end time outpouring. He is building his church. It's a harvest. And you do minister to them. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. Everybody say, show the same diligence. What's that? Toward his name, laboring to advance his name and his cause, and ministering to the saints of God. See, that's evangelistic, and that is also maintaining and blessing the house of God. And desire that each one of you Show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until what? What? Until what? The end. The end of it all. The end of the age. The end of my life. I don't know. But whatever, there's going to be an end, which will be a great beginning. Somebody say amen. Number two. Everybody say number two. I only got five points tonight. What's his admonishment to the end-time church? He is almighty God. Let's not forget that, but he is blessing those who do his commandments. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Somebody say amen. (laughs) Woo! Look at your neighbor and say, you're entering into that city. You're entering in. See, God's word is clear. Do what it says. Why? Because it advances his cause. Look, if I do my own thing, I may advance my own cause, grow my own business, and that may be God's will for your life to do so, but do it in the name of the Lord. Somebody say amen. But advance the kingdom. When you do the will of God, when you do his word, you supernaturally. Everybody say supernaturally. You advance the kingdom. This is his message to the end time church. Do his will. Do what he commands. It not only advances his cause, but it destroys the works of darkness. It destroys the works of the devil. Somebody say amen. Jesus said, love one another. Encourage one another. Share the gospel. Pray, yes. Pray for the sick. Pray for the weak. Build the church. His commands are sure we are to do them. John chapter 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, you will sometimes keep my commandments. No, he says you keep my commandments. In other words, you, you keep them close. You, you um, allow them to speak to you. You allow the Holy Spirit to teach you in the moment about them. You allow him to convict you. In John chapter 14, verse 21, he says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Somebody say amen to that. So how do you know that you love him? That you you have his commandments. You've been taught. You've spent time learning 
learning to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two great commandments. That's it. it everything else hinges on those two. And he says, uh, and, and keeps them. So you endeavor to do them. You endeavor to do what he's saying. If, you, if he who keeps my commandment or has my commandments and keep, keeps them, it is he who loves me. So I, I know that I am endeavoring to keep those things in my life. I may not be perfect, but I, I want to live for God every day. He, he, he knows that I love him. He knows that you love him because you're doing that. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. Somebody say amen. And I will love him. There's response to all of this from heaven. And I will manifest myself to him. Somebody say amen. See, this is the heart of the father. He is blessing those who keep his commandments in these last days to his end time church. Be diligent to keep his commandments. One more, one more scripture, John 15, 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Out of love comes the miracles. Out of love comes the great works of Jesus. Out of his communion with the Father. That's how miracles happen. That's how we're filling up the wall. We have, we have several more miracles that have happened. In fact, I was talking to a brother um, yesterday. I had a meeting with good brother. He was talking about uh, he, he plays an instrument and how his hand was just, just he couldn't play it. He couldn't play. And he came one Sunday and I don't know if everybody prayed for him or what, but his hand, the pain started leaving, and, and, it's, and his hand started becoming normal again until he was able to play that morning. And his, his one finger like this, that was, that was always crooked for whatever reason, that morning it straightened up and was completely healed. Somebody say amen. And it just happens. I said, brother, you've got to fill out one of, these, one of these cards, man. We need to hear. He goes, I will. I will. And you're going to hear more about that. God is wanting us to understand in these last days that miracles, he is doing miracles, and he is manifesting forth his glory in this place. Number three, what is his, what is his end time final admonishment to the church? It's the message. The message of the end times is confirmed. In other words, you are officially in the end times. <laughs> and this is what he says, by the angel of the Lord, he has confirmed it by his angel and by the Lord himself. He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. Everybody say in the churches. So if I'm not in the church if I'm not a part of the church, I'm not going to hear the urgency. I'm not going to be a part of that urgency. But you are here, and you are a part of that urgency. He says, I am the root and the offspring of, of David, the bride and the morning star. So the Lord gives us a sure word. He is confirming his word. And isn't that how he always does it? He always confirms his word with signs following. He always confirms his word with evidence. He's always manifesting forth his glory so that people will know who he is, so that he can, can reveal himself to them and they can experience him. And he does it through his word. 
He does it through his word. Did you know his word is sure? The Bible tells us that all of his promises are yes and amen. Peter says we have a more sure word of prophecy that we have put our faith in. Hallelujah. The Bible says that his word will never pass away. Every dot and every crossing of the T is going to be fulfilled. You, you build in these end times. That's why you should never be worried what's happening in the world, what's going to happen, whatever. Why? Because you're building your house upon the word of God. You're building your house upon the promises, the rock of God's promises. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he, this isn't up there, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, what day? The day of the Lord. They'll say this, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many mighty wonders in your name, and then I shall declare to them, I never knew you. There was no intimacy. Yes, there's power in his name. Yes, you can cast out demons by using the name of Jesus. It may be a a case like the seven sons of Sceva, which you don't want any of that. I'm not talking about you, but any person that wants to try to do that. But the fact is, is there has to be this keeping, this longing, this union with Christ. He said, I never knew you. He'll say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice what? Lawlessness. You know, there's people that that promote lawlessness and perversion, and yet they'll stand and and quote the scripture like they're virtue signaling and, and looking down on anybody that would question their virtue. And they're as corrupt on the inside and dark and dead as sepulchers. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, this is the good part. Everybody say amen. I'm almost done. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, floods came, all of it. Winds blew, beat on the house, and didn't fall, for it was founded on the word of God, the rock. Matthew 5.18 says, For surely, Jesus said, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one dotting of the I and the crossing of the T will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Amen. He is confirming his word in these end time uh, days. What is he confirming and admonishing in these end times? Number four, there's always an open door. Somebody say amen. An open invitation from God to enter always. You can always go to him. You can always come to him. The spirit and the bride say come. Let him who has an ear say come. Let him who hears come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. His heart is always on the harvest. His eyes are always on the people. And people he loves dearly. But the sin, he's trying to separate them from their sin. Somehow, and he'll do it if you'll let him. His people must, though, demonstrate this same kind of redeeming love. His door is always open. His invitation is always come. 
His spirit is saying, his bride is saying it, we're saying it. He is returning to claim his earth and to receive his inheritance of every nation, tribe, and tongue. And, and I want you to be on the winning side. And then finally, come on up here, Dave. What is he saying to his end-time church? Not only is he telling us to be even more urgent about this end-time message and winning the lost, but also there is a stern warning to those who dismiss or twist and deceive others about his saving grace or end-time message. Listen to what he says. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of this of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. And then John adds, Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And then John says to us, Grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let's stand. Hasn't this been a great study? It's just been a great study. Hallelujah. Come on. Yeah, give God praise. Hallelujah. I didn't know if I could do it. I did it. The Lord, I can do all things through Christ. I'd never done it before. It's a first. It's a first. It's a first. Hallelujah. So thank you, Lord, for your good hand guiding us, teaching us, teaching me things I didn't know. And it's been so rich and so sweet.